0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Surveyor Says. This is Tim Birch, and today I've got a, I've got a special guest. Um, actually, I've, I'm trying to think how long how long ago I got got to meet you. This is, we're talking today with Mr. Aaron Leach from South Carolina, and um, I'm trying to think when I got involved with TrigStar three four years ago that uh, that we we connected. That was about uh, the same
1: time I joined the NSPS Trig Star committee, about four, maybe five years ago.
0: Yeah, there you go, there you go. So, uh, I've I've gotten to know Aaron a little bit. Uh, like I said, Mister Aaron Leach from South Carolina, and uh, he's been very, very active in the in the South Carolina Society and within Trig Star within the last several years. And uh, yes, we're weather we've I think Trig Star is going to weather the pandemic, but. Uh, uh, but, uh, he's, he's someone that's really been pushing this program along and, and, uh, he sees a lot of the positives on it. And we'll get into that in a little bit, but Aaron, uh, welcome to the podcast. And I guess, tell us a little bit about you and who you work for and, and, and what, what, what you've got going on right now.
1: Sure. Sure. That's a, a lot to spit out, but <laughs> I tell you these, these introductions of mine just seem to get longer and longer. As the years go by. Well
0: that's a good but, thing.
1: You know, I, I'm I currently am an owner of Roe Professional Services Company. We are a company based out of Michigan, but have one office in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. And we are working on opening a second in South Carolina. Nice. So things are things are good. Um, you know I, I started my surveying career in I graduated from Paul Smith College in upstate New York was one of two schools that were ABED accredited for surveying. And from there, you know, I, I went to work for a very small private land surveyor for a few years in upstate New York. And decided I really didn't like the cold in the winter so much. <laughs> uh, so in 1997, I uprooted and I came to South Carolina. And I worked for a, a survey firm here and got my license in 2000. And in 2005, kind of struck out on my own to start my own business. And in 2007, Rowe Professional Services acquired my firm. Nice. And that's how I came to Rowe.
0: Very good. Um, so, I, I guess, what drew you into surveying uh, to go to college to do that? I mean, what, what, what struck you about the surveying profession that made you want to go to college and, and, and pursue this?
1: Well I've I've always loved the outdoors and I've always loved math and it just seemed like the best way to put the two together. But growing up, you know, my grandfather was a very outdoors person. I mean, we went on seven-day camping trips in the Adirondacks. Wow. In the Adirondack mountains. You know, so, so something like that takes a good great deal of planning. Mm-hmm. So before the trip, which to me was about the funnest part of the seven mile hikes we used to do was planning it. Cause he'd break out the old quad maps and, you know, trace it with his little scaler, which I still have. Nice. And, you know, to me, that was just the fun part. We're all sitting around the table, looking at these quad maps, planning our route and where we're going to go fish, and looking at the maps to do it. You know, this is the, long before everybody had a phone with GPS on it. <laughs> you know, if you want to know where you were, you unfolded the map and you figured it out exactly oh so that's what drew me to it I I love it
0: well that's cool you know that that, that just you reminded me I had a conversation not that long ago uh and I'm trying doesn't matter where I had it but you you right there the, the map reading and uh orienteering that you know that's a lost art that people just don't it's, I mean everything's everything's like you said on your phone google maps Google Earth, whatever. And boom, here I am. And this is where I got to go versus reading that map and knowing how to how to get where you're going. By well, simply if the reading. Power the power grid
1: ever goes out, surveyors will finally take over the world.
0: There you go. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Um, I tell you what, tell us a little bit about how you've gotten involved with your state society and what kind of what kind of roles you play uh, there in South Carolina.
1: Okay. Well, I got my start, you know, when, when I first moved here to Myrtle, the Myrtle Beach area and started my own business, I wanted to get involved at the, at the local chapter level, just because to me, there, there is no greater wealth of knowledge than sitting around that table talking to those, some of those surveyors at the time, I was, I think, 28 when I first got my license, So I enjoyed it and kept going back and, you know, pretty soon I was vice president and, you know, became president. Once I became president, I was our chapter representative on the state level. And that's how I got involved in the state level and saw how that operated. And again, loved it. Got on the board and moved my way up. I am now a past president of the SCSPLS.
0: Nice. Very good. Well, and I guess tell us as far as, you know, a South Carolina society, I mean, what, uh, what does the value of membership mean to you within a state society? I mean, what does it, what does it really, what, what does that provide?
1: Well, it, it goes back to, you know, something I, I was taught a long time ago by a, a mentor of mine. We'll talk about that later, but you, you, yes. you got to give back, you, you know, the, the better you are, the more you give back. Yeah. And You know, we as surveyors, we we really need to ensure the next generation is on board. And, you know, your state society, your national society, we're we're the ones working to make that happen, as well as, you know, just the, you know, the lobbying interest, you know, looking out for the legal and legislative portion of it. You know, you need a strong society to to make that happen. Agreed. And you've got to have the right people, the dedicated people to, to make it happen. You know, if you're just a, a club getting together and, and having drinks and dinner, you're, you're not really doing much.
0: Sure. No, that's that you're, you're, you're spot on. And I'm, I'm, I'm glad to hear you say that. Cause I think that's uh, I think that's a message that is starting to get lost uh, from a lot of our, from, from a lot of our members, the reason that you belong to something um, isn't just, you know, to where it just to have the pin or whatever. It's, it is about giving back and, and being that big since it's a volunteer organization. So no, you're, you're spot on. I like, I like that a lot. Um, all right. So you started in New York, you've come down to, to South Carolina. Uh, we all surveyors have some stories. Are there any milestone events that really shaped your career that really said, uh, you know, I, This you know something about your boundary retracement, or something about uh, anything else that you're doing surveying wise. I mean, is is there anything anything that really stands out as like you know those were an important lesson that that you've that you've retained?
1: Okay, we we might have to rephrase that question, but I'll I'll give the the answer that I'm going to go with here. Sure. Which is going to lead me into the bulk of what I wanted to talk about as far as people who've influenced me.
0: Sure. Sure. Yes, it's going to be a
1: long story. Nope, that's
0: okay. <laughs> okay. Well, I guess that's that is the second uh, is the second part of it. Uh, you know, are some of these some of these important lessons? Are they because of role models? Are they because of yeah. because of mentors? So, you know, that's exactly it. That's where we're leading to is, um, you know, the importance of mentoring in our profession and uh, tell away.
1: Okay. All right. So, like I said. You know, Roe acquired my firm and we we're growing in the Myrtle Beach office. In the last seven months, we've hired two surveyors and we are hiring two more. They, they both just accepted. So we've, we've been holding a lot of interviews. And in our interviews, our HR department starts out with a series of questions. And then we, the surveyors interviewing, have our questions that we put to them. And as I'm listening to the HR questions, you know, I'm, I'm reading that person. You know, whether I'm interviewing you or playing poker against you, I'm going to read you. I'm going to read your facial expression, right. body language. Now, one of the questions is always, you know, who influenced you the most in your life? And it amazes me that some people struggle with that question. And to me, it's it's, it's John Matonich. It's mm-hmm. all day long, it's John Matonich. You know, mm-hmm. when when Roe acquired my firm, I was on the fence. I I didn't know if I wanted to be a part of Roe or go do something else. So like, when it came down to the day of the decision had to be made, John called me at like eight o'clock at night and said, "Aaron, I'd like to talk to you. You got a minute?" Now that turned into about a two-hour conversation. Mm-hmm. But within twenty minutes, I was on board. The rest of it was. You know, talking about how we make it happen and then plans for the future. So about three months later, John came down to to visit the office and I had no idea he was coming, (laughs) but he had brought Kurt Sumner with him. Mm -hmm. So I walk in the office, fresh out of the field, mud from the knees down. So I'd left my socks and boots outside and I was in (laughs) flip-flops. The first time I met the CEO of my company and Kurt Sumner, I was in flip flops. <laughs> and they're both just staring at my feet. Kurt, with a surprised look on his face, turns to John and says, I guess we are at your beach office, huh? Uh. <laughs> Apparently, he said to Kurt, You know, I'm going to my Myrtle Beach office. Why don't you come with me and bring your surfboard? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that was my first meeting with him. And just, you know, since then, he's, he's been a great, again, you know, you go back to those old surveyors at the chapter meetings, there's, there's no greater asset, no greater fountain of knowledge. I mean, he's just there for you. I, I could call him at eight o'clock right now and I'm sure he'd answer the phone. Yep. You know, you yep. know, he, he's retired, but he's just a good friend and great man.
0: Well, I guess a very quick story on my end. I mean, it was, Three weeks ago, four weeks ago, whenever I was up in Wisconsin, I spent uh, I spent a lot of time with John. Uh, I hadn't seen him in a couple of years. And, uh, you know, taking on this new role as executive director, uh, we talked quite a bit. And oh, I'm sorry, uh, yeah. and a great uh,
1: conversation.
0: Oh, yes. Uh, he's definitely a sage. And uh, uh, I, I don't you know, I, 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 too, probably not to the degree you do, but I, I truly appreciate him. Um, he's let me, he's, he's uh, become a pretty good friend over the years. And so, yeah, no, I can definitely see that. And oh, having him as the, uh, as, as the big boss, that would be pretty cool. So. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And he's the one that really encouraged me, you know, cause like I said, at that time I was, I was active in my local chapter, but he's the one that really inspired me to, to go on, you know, become the president, then get to the state society and move up. Right. You know, His advice to me was you know, be better today than you were yesterday and have a plan for tomorrow. And the better you make yourself, the more you give back.
0: Yep. That sounds like John. <laughs> and he's a hell of a woodworker. Yeah. Yes, he is. Holy cow. Is he a hell of a woodworker?
1: <laughs> yeah. I see some of the stuff on Facebook.
0: Yep. So I guess that kind of leads me into the, into the next, I mean, I'll say question, but really discussion. And um, you know, I, I had these, I've had these conversations going over the last, few weeks about role models mentors and how important they are um obviously he made a a huge impression on you so I, i i'm i'm assuming that drives you to want to be that type of person to to your staff and your and the people you you're bringing up through the through the ranks
1: It sure does. I mean, and and that's, that's key that we have to do that as professionals, you know, we we have to be bringing up the people that are going to replace us Mm -hmm. because we're not going to be here forever.
0: (laughs) No, exactly. Well, and it's interesting you say that because like another conversation I've just had, um, you know, and unfortunately with the evolution of the equipment and, and basically for lack of better term, one man crews on a lot of these things, um, there's no mentoring going on when there's a one man crew, especially with a newbie. Uh, they're not. They're yeah. They're learning the learning to which buttons to push, but they're not learning learning too much more than that. So um, yeah,
1: there, I do see a lot of that. But there's there's a lot of industries with that same thing. You know, you look at the U.S. auto worker being replaced oh, by robots. Absolutely, you know, same thing.
0: Nope, you're right. We're not unique in that res- respect. So uh, it really does fall back on us to. show show the way you know and i you know i guess that's something i struggle with occasionally is like you know yeah i've been doing this a long time but really what do i know and why would somebody want to listen to me well we don't realize what we've absorbed over the years from those mentors from those role models and that's what we are now and we've got to we've got to be able to to pass that on so um you're, you're exactly right and um all right so let's switch gears a little bit here and let's jump into Trigstar because I'm you know what I, it's something I'm I, I I've been revitalized with that I you know that that uh, coming out of the pandemic, we we've got an opportunity here once we can get back into schools and really get in front of uh, the, the math and science classes, the teachers, the the school counselors, and such, Trigstar is such a great program. So I guess in your words, can you tell us a little bit about what is Trigstar? And what it means to you, as far as getting in and and providing that, providing that o- the opportunity to talk about what we do.
1: All right, I I guess I, I got to start at the beginning here with this. I got to tell you how I got involved with Trick. Yes, please. Because again, yes. this is another good funny story. And again, it goes back to my first meeting with Kurt Sumner when I was in flip flops. <laughs> <laughs> about eight months after that, Kurt calls me, and now I I, I call Kurt and John the two Godfathers. Now, Kurt calls me and says, Aaron, I need a favor. And when one of the two godfathers says, I need a favor, you say, yes, sir. And you jump. So he said, I got this teacher in Myrtle Beach who wants to get his school involved in Trigstar. Can you go talk to him and help him out? And of course I said, yes, sir. Even though I I didn't really know anything about Trigstar, I had heard of it, but I know that it had zero traction in South Carolina, Mm -hmm. which I will happily say we now do five, schools a year nice but i you know that's that's how i got my start in it because i knew i knew nothing about it so i called nsps talked to trish trish said let me get in touch with the trickstar committee and again talking about very great influential people that's the old trickstar gang tony gregory jerry Juarez, bob miller great great
0: folks oh yes
1: So I attended one of their meetings, you know, virtual or I guess back in those days, it was phone.
0: Yeah. Conference calls. Yes. Yeah.
1: But, you know, they explained it to me and I I liked the idea. So I, I, again, I was on board and I said, you know, you as the committee, if you need anything from me, just please let me know. And I hear Jerry Juarez in the background saying, welcome to the
0: committee. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds like Jerry. (laughs)
1: So I'm on the trick committee, but yeah, trick is to me is a vehicle that gets us into the high schools to talk about land surveying, and it's a great enticement to the teachers to allow us to do that because of the monetary awards and not only goes to the student, it goes to the teacher as well, because the teacher should be rewarded right. for, for teaching that. Right. So, like I said, when, when we started here in South Carolina, it was that one school but it's, it's grown and it continues to grow. I mean, I'm in contact with two other schools. So we're hopefully going to be up to seven next year. Oh, great. Now the pandemic did set us back, you know, even, even nationally, two years ago, we did not have a national exam because of the pandemic. We only had maybe seven or eight States compete at the local level. So it just wasn't feasible to have a national exam. Right. But that pandemic has forced us to do something that we've been talking about for years, which is to bring the test online. And so we, as the Trickstar committee, we met with three software companies to discuss how we do that. And there was what a difference in price and product. Mm-hmm. We saw, you know, proposals from one hundred eighty-five thousand dollars a year to you know six thousand dollars a year. so we obviously cannot afford that, but I, I likened it to, you know, those three things was I likened it to shopping for a used car, (laughs) right? Yeah. You saw a Ferrari on one lot and a Pinto on the other, Mm -hmm. which, which one are you driving away in? Well, unfortunately the first year we did it, we drove away in the Pinto. So we did that as a pilot program for our local exam. We picked seven high schools, you know, scattered throughout the country. And we did our first online test last year at the local level. We cannot do that in the national level because of the securities just aren't there. Sure. So we have contracted now with with ExamSoft, which was the Ferrari we saw in the first lot to do our national exam. Now the number of tests we can do is 50, which we have 50 states. So if they all participate, we're covered. Good. And that was six thousand dollars. Okay. But they have the securities, they have the browser lockdowns, they have they can watch the student through the camera on their computer. And they yeah. have an embedded calculator. We're still working on that aspect of it, whether or not they can use that embedded calculator. Because okay. we do have calculator policies that can't be pre-programmed. Sure. And it's tough to, to monitor that. Now, oh, yeah, if you is. do it in the high schools, usually the the high school provides the calculator and the math teacher clears them. Mm-hmm. So we do have you know securities, but when when we go to the online, you know, some of us really worry about that. But it's the future; we've got to do it.
0: Uh, I guess the question I have for you is uh, because I, I get I I keep getting asked this this question of. Yeah, but the, the students that normally win, you know, they take they, they take that you know they win that win that money and then the, they never have any interest in surveying. Uh, how important is that that the winner doesn't go into surveying? And the to fact me, not we- at all,
1: because as I said, the test okay. itself, the competition, is the vehicle to get us into the school to talk about surveying. If I've done that, I've accomplished my goal. Yep. Oh, good. Now I've had, i had this one kid, he was a brilliant student. And I asked he was our national, our, our state winner. Then he went on and he placed third state in the nationals. Hmm. And I asked him, you know, do you have any interest in becoming a land surveyor? And the kid almost laughed at me as he was saying, no, sir, I'm going to be an astrophysicist.
0: Right. Exactly. And, you know, and it's, and we're not going to, we're not going to get those, those kids, those kids are, have, they're destined for, for other uh, other places and other careers but you know and that's what you know I, I, that's what I keep telling people is that you know there's still a bulk of kids that you're talking to. you're not going to get the highest of the highs or the lowest of the lows, but there's a big chunk right there in the middle that, That still need to be challenged, that like to problem solve, that like to be outside, that like to mess with computers, that like to game and do these other spatial things that
1: yes. And and a lot of the people that seem to talk negative to me about Trickstar, you know, they ask that, you know, how many professional land surveyors come out of the Trickstar program? Well, I I don't know, but how many party chiefs come out of it? How many crewmen came out of
0: it? Exactly. Exactly. So that you know, that's and then I, I I like it that you're on the same page there, because I really think that's, you know, if we highlight on just the fact that, you know, the the vehicle that got us in the door was that competition, uh, right. that allows us to deliver the goods. Okay, so what, somebody, you know, the cost of entry was the was the prize money, but we still got in the door and we could talk to that many kids. Worth every penny. Worth every penny, very good. Um, besides Trigstar, I mean, what are the, what are the ways have you have you seen do you have you thought about uh that we can get the younger generations engaged in in what we do are there anything that, that that pops up in your mind that that we can we can really get out there and really talk to the to the young to the to the young students about what we do
1: well there's there's a lot of ways i mean it doesn't have to be trickstar because trickstar is a competition for high school students Mm-hmm. But you sure can take a you know one of those augmented reality sandboxes and go into a middle school right. and talk to the kids about surveying because honestly, you know, like that astrophysicist, you know, he'd already made up his mind what he was gonna do. So trying to reach him at that level is it's too late. Right. You really got to start in the middle schools and even the elementary schools, you know, that augmented sandbox that we built, mm-hmm. they love that.
0: Yes, it is a draw. It is, it is it's like a
1: hands-on thing. You know, it's anytime a... you go speak at a school, you, you bring something with you. Mm-hmm. Don't just be, you know, standing up there talking monotone. They're not going to listen to you. They're going to tune you out. Right. But you bring in an instrument, and a robot, or a scanner, and you show them a scan happen in real time. They oh, love yeah. that stuff. Yeah. We as surveyors need to take every teachable moment. There is, you know, again, with the Girl Scouts when, for the tree badge, when we go from tree to tree, I introduce a surveying element to that. I don't care if you're at a church picnic and there's, you know, kids around and you spy a piece of flagging hanging in a tree off in the distance. Tell them that this is a property corner. Let me tell you how I know that. <laughs> Take every teachable moment you get and teach.
0: I know a lot of men in surveying that wouldn't, wouldn't uh, even think about doing something like that. So
1: <laughs> I tell you what, it's fun just to, you know, just to teach kids something. They, they sit there like little sponges and soak it up. They love it
0: too. Oh, Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Well, I guess this is going to get, get kind of into my, my final wrap up question then. Future surveying, how does the future look to you? Uh, everybody's overworked, understaffed. A uh, lot of, a lot of, a lot of tired people out there, but yet, I mean, it is a, a fantastic profession we're going gangbusters.
1: Yeah. I, I'm glad to see you turn that out around. Cause that started a little negative.
0: Yes. Well, that's, that's what, just what, it. What, Everybody's what pop, tired.
1: You know, we're, we're all busy. We're all working. And, and what pops into my mind is the words of John Matanich. It's a great day to be a surveyor.
0: Yes. <laughs> you beat me to the punch. That's <laughs> awesome. And I'm glad you did because, uh, yeah, we try to use that wherever we can. So, but so I, you know, I, I I am very bullish on on where surveying is going with with the the, the demand. And yeah, I know we're still you know like we're behind the eight ball trying to find people. We're we're trying to get things done, but uh, it's it is a good situation to have. I don't say good problem to have anymore because it's still a problem. But if it's a good situation to have. Uh, we just need to make sure that we do our job and get that, get that next generation in to, to help learn, learn what everything we've already, we've already been taught.
1: Yes. And the the more surveyors we make, the more they're going to make.
0: Yes. You know, they're going to
1: pass it on to to friends and relatives and others, you know, somebody's going to see that somebody got a great job surveying and say, but you know what? I can do that.
0: Yep. Well, very Good. Uh, so, I mean, you know, uh, off recording, we already asked, I already asked about how the golf game is. You said it's still a little chilly there. So, uh, <laughs> it's going to, it's hopefully it's going to warm up and, uh, you'll be swinging sticks here shortly.
1: Well, at our South Carolina convention this week, Thursday in Columbia, it's going to be 85. Oh, geez. So we we've, we've turned the corner, I believe.
0: Oh, must be nice.
1: Time to dust off the clubs and get back out there.
0: Oh, very good. Well, make sure and tell uh tell tell the people down there. I'm like I said I got a little presentation for them. I'm sorry I couldn't come down and. I, I, Allison did give me a a rain check to come down for another time and be do something in person. So you are
1: welcome anytime here, my lo- friend.
0: Looking forward to it. So well, keep up the great work with Trig Star and uh, and uh, this, your South Carolina Society and everything at Row and and with the girl scouts, I mean, keep up the great work. Uh, I, 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 can't tell you how impressed I am with, with what everything you've got going on. And, uh, you know what you're providing a great role model for people that, uh, that, uh, bottom line is this is the way a surveyor should act and should, should pass on their knowledge and, uh, kudos to you for doing that.
1: Well, I appreciate it. And I, I thank you for having me on here.
0: Well, all right. Well, that'll wrap it up for this week. Uh, surveyor says we've got some great episodes so wherever you listen to your podcast make sure to to subscribe and we'll talk to you soon thanks you've been listening to the surveyor says podcast brought to you by the national society of professional surveyors if you have any questions about today's episode or any other topic please email us at info at nsps.us.com and we are here to help Visit our website, nsps.us.com to learn more about our association, the programs we administer and support, our sustaining members, and information about future episodes of Surveyor Says. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Spotify, as well as our podcast host, Podbean. And remember, it's a great day to be a surveyor.